Hello friends, how's it going? My name is Matt Bart and you are listening to the Looking Sideways podcast, the show where I try and uncover the most interesting stories in surf, skate, snow and other related endeavours. And we are squarely in the latter territory with this episode with Bonnie Swee, a swimmer, surfer, journalist and author who I've wanted to get on the show ever since I read her brilliant book, Why We Swim, last year. Yep, I finally managed to get another swimmer on the show. As you may know if you've listened to this for a while or follow me on Zigram, where you can find me at We Look Sideways. I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to swimming. Um, it kind of came about when I broke my collarbone back in 2007 and missed the season and had, you know, I had to rehab it. So I set myself a challenge um, to swim across the Hellespont that summer um, as a way of like, you know, getting into the old rehab. And that developed well that led to you know swimming becoming basically my favorite form of exercise which I know some people find baffling because they find it boring but you know I really enjoy it and also probably more importantly it's one of the ways I've loved to travel and try new experiences um so over the years like I said I've swum across the Hellespont I've crossed from Alcatraz to San Francisco in the company of a gray whale um I've undertaken a frankly dodgy swim across the Corrie of Wreck and Whirlpool up in Hebrides. I took part in a 5k swim race in Sydney Harbour. I've done the Dart 10k in Devon um, and as I, as I talk I'm six days away from doing the Bantham Swoosh, a 6k swim with a very silly name in South Devon um, that again I basically undertook to try and give me a reason to finally sort out the middle age shoulder and elbow pains that have been creeping in. So you get the point, I love a swim me um, Hence why I went to such efforts to record that episode with Ross Edgley the other, year, the other year, where I joined him on the boat Hecate the night before he completed his Great British Swim, if you've not listened to that one. And it gets a bit overlooked, that, because I think people um, don't really know who Ross is, um, and obviously mostly are coming to this for the sideways stuff. I, I recommend it. It's a good one. Um, and I've also been asking Kate Rue from the Outdoor Swimming Society to come on the show for years, with very little success. But all this is why I was so amped to hear Bonnie was going to be in London this summer. Um, she was doing some stuff with my friends Finisterre, particularly Larry, big up Larry. Um, so I hit her up on Instagram and like the pro she is, she got straight back to me. So I went up to London and sat down for a chat about her lover's swimming and a brilliant book, um, Why We Swim, like I say. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. And you're probably going to be a bit sick of me recommending it by the end of this episode, but it is really good. Um, it's just a really brilliantly marshaled and elegantly argued treatise on our relationship with nature through the lens of swimming. Um, I really don't think you've got to be a swimmer to get much out of it. It's it's really well done. She's such a scrupulous journalist and excellent non-fiction st stylist that you really do know you're in safe hands from the first page, really. Um, so we recorded this on what was probably the high point of a particularly febrile period in Britain, um, the pinnacle of the summer of discontent, well, I hope so anyway, Christ, I hope it can't get worse, um, the day after Johnson finally resigned and the start of a heat wave, which is why we sort of kicked off the chat topically, um, but we soon got into the swimming. So uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And like I say, I implore you to check out Bonnie's work and the book in particular. I'll be back at the end, but in the meantime, here's me and Bonnie. Enjoy. I've done one where I've lost it before, which was traumatic. 
Yeah. I think it comes with the territory. It does. Anytime really. you record. Well, you're a journalist. Yeah. So you, you know the deal. There was one time I was, um, it was in college. I was studying abroad at the, at the University of Sydney. And I was um, working a couple of days a week at the Sydney Morning Herald. Oh, wow. And so it was really great. I mean, they just threw me in there. And one of the 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 journalists I went along with um, for the day was interviewing um, Shirley Manson of Garbage. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we went to our hotel and it was so cool. I was just like loved that I could be a fly on the wall for this experience. Yeah. They're sitting down, they're talking, the conversation is great. And I look at the recorder. And it wasn't It's not on. going. Right. They've talked for like 45 minutes. Did you set your hand up? Yeah. Right. I just was like. My, I mean, all the blood like drained from my face and I was, and he wasn't really writing anything down. He right. He had like he was, two scratches. He wasn't doing the old school, like the shorthand or anything. He was doing, but he was like into the conversation, which as you should be. Yeah. And I was just was like, ah, and I said, and I said something and they both were like, oh, and it just killed. Right. Yeah. Cause it would be quite hard to know what to do there really, whether yeah. you should say something. I had something to tell or, them. Yeah. You have to nothing. really. Yeah. 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 I interviewed a friend of mine who, um, had just been through cancer treatment and yeah. had like basically unloaded, like told me his whole story. And yeah, um, yeah basically at the end of it, I was like, I'm really sorry. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. But he was, he was fine. But you know, yeah. Yeah. So how are you? You having a good trip? You've, you've arrived at the, uh, the heat wave, heat wave, the political turmoil. Yeah. <laughs> the summer of discontent as it's being called. I as mean, a journalist, you must be kind of like, you know, looking at it. It's a great time to be here, right? It, from a kind of interest point of view. It has definitely been fascinating to observe, you know, as an outsider, yeah, the news and just seeing everything. Well, also how rapidly things change here. Because, yeah. I mean, when I left home, I was glad to leave. You know, it was just good to get out of outside of that yeah. for a while. But also then to then splash down here where all of this, you know, high drama is happening too. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Um, but I think just everywhere there's so much turmoil, you know. So what what's your take on it, if you don't mind me asking? I really want to ask you that question because, you know, we're really, like, Brits are really quick to, like, opine about what's going on in the States, you mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. with obviously the two major issues, like gun control and right. abortion yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and we can definitely be a bit superior about that sure I think. yeah you know, i mean bit, us too yeah yeah you know like if you're especially if you're from a left-leaning kind yeah. of um standpoint mm-hmm. so as somebody that's coming in and looking at the the chaos mm-hmm. here what, what what are your thoughts on it at the minute i we mean we're talking the day after he resigned right, right so. yeah but my my instant from my perspective my instant reaction was how i was marveling at the speed at which a government could change because all of these you know uh, members have resigned and yeah. then there's no faith in the government and then the and then the government dissolves and you're forced out i mean that 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 could happen in the space of like a few days like yeah. i think that that's extraordinary and also that responsiveness i wish you know again from my perspective as an american like and seeing how things are just so deadlocked back home i wish i wish for a speed of change i wish right. for something that to be that to be more responsive to um the people you yeah. know and and um and also more representative of the feeling of of what people actually like you know a, a more representative portion of society kind of reminded me of the Hemingway do you know the one about insolvency it happens very slowly oh yeah and then all at once and then, all and then once. suddenly all at once yeah kind of reminded me of that yesterday yeah because it because it's interesting that you 
sort of you know guys it seems like it happened really quickly but I, I think, know it's been a couple of years of yeah, like scandals like and drip, things drip, yeah drip of, yeah but i think you're right i think the way it unraveled and yeah and especially like that many people resigning and right yeah like proper high drama yeah um and, and very rare really that it, that it yeah. does unfold like that right but yeah. i i mean again like just as an outsider that's the part that strikes me and and that's the part that i have um you know again like not 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 knowing um all of the details or all of the 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 what's been going on for the last several years that um in detail that that that's the part that um you know i respond to with with like i watch with great interest because that's yeah. something that i wish happened in the states yeah so you, you said like i was glad to leave really to get yeah. away it's been it, such a rough time it, it must have been oppressive really yeah the last sort of well, it's really the last month. It feels like it's it's cranked up another notch, really, hasn't it? In terms yeah. of like the way that the divides yeah. appear to be, you know, widening. Let's mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. And is, that, is that something you, that you uh, that you feel living there? And because you're in California, right? I'm in so. California. I'm in I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is yeah. you know very liberal, very um, progressive, and um, you know in many ways the Bay Area and of course California as a whole is very it is its own place and culture it's big you know yeah. there's there's a whole swath of humanity that is represented there and historically a big center of the counterculture and yeah yeah obviously um the pride movement and yeah you know the history as a, a city of yeah. um, progressive movements really doesn't it and even so even there um you know there's there I think there's just the sense of um that the the yeah the gulf as you mentioned is just so great um and and i don't actually know that that's um as true as it seems as it's represented in media right because if you you know if you believe the polls i mean like a you know you know the majority of people um you know, support um, abortion and gun control and and all of and all of these issues that have been really so at the forefront with the Supreme Court making all these rulings. Um, you know, EPA. Uh, you know, just like just basic that almost went under the radar, didn't it? That as well. Yeah, I mean that that's huge, and I, know, it, I mean it just, it, it casu- just, just casually, you know, <sighs> passed that one. Yeah, and it's and it's to me, it's so wild um, because it's like a pileup of all of these things. And in, in fact, I think about when, when Trump was president, it was like all of these things that he did, you know, any one of them done by someone else would be like this bombshell, but because yeah. it's him, it's one after the other. And so it just becomes this white noise, which is to me felt so dangerous yeah. because then you become inured to that. Yeah. And this is the, the, the consequences, these decisions that are being made. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's similar to here, I think with what's been going on. I think there's, you know, stealthily, mm-hmm. the the conventions, as you'll have noticed, probably from right. following the the conversation right. and the norms have been just eroded. Really, mm-hmm. you know, even the fact that like yesterday took so many people to resign mm-hmm. to get movement is, mm-hmm. is very new territory for the country. You yeah. know, it's all those old checks and balances, which because mm-hmm. I think both our democracies are quite similar, aren't they? There's a lot of you know convention that's supposed to dictate behavior in in those institutions that both individuals have essentially 
torched haven't they you know mm-hmm. those those kind of rule books it does feel like that and that has kind of re, you know repositioned a bar of like what's acceptable and yeah and obviously that will have societal repercussions yeah. um and you know uh, in your case like very serious rights-based yes repercussions. yeah and it and it feels you know people have been talking about how it, it's some, some people the way that they'd framed it was um the response was oh we've 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 regressed but really we're in new territory i mean this is a new state of being you know I, and do, i think do you that's feel that of, then i do yeah um and and so the sense of uncertainty is even greater because and also the court is so young and so their potential for um you know creating lasting change and rolling back basic rights for so many people yeah is is really extraordinary and also terrifying yeah yeah i just listened to a really interesting podcast about the civil war i'm a bit of a mm-hmm. bit of a geek on that stuff for some reason oh great um and yeah it's like a british historian being interviewed by some other historians pretty geeky stuff but yeah um he he, he and he's written a lot on the civil war and he, his mm-hmm. line in that was like essentially these issues of all you know the, the, the country's founded on these issues essentially mm-hmm. like that are still playing out and obviously yeah the the country has learned to sort of for right or wrong like manage this schism based mm-hmm. around you know the, these issues and the two and his like the, but the two times when it's not been managed effectively is the civil war essentially and now mm. like mm-hmm. he, he he was kind of you know putting forward the idea that it's probably as in jeopardy as you know the the ideal of the republic and yeah and, and what it stands for yeah as in danger as it was back then which is a, a fairly terrifying yeah for an, even for a non-american it was like that is quite a statement right and usually historians are um pretty measured yes exactly <laughs> right they don't make those claims yeah easily and so if someone who has studied the grand arc of history yeah through something as um, rupturing as a civil war says that yeah. about the you know this experiment <laughs> yeah they're not generally given to hyperbole are they yeah you know uh, fusty old historians yeah yeah um it i find it, it is scary it yeah. is a scary time so and do you think it will change anything about your situation do you, do you think are you thinking about how you can cope with it like how you can affect it impact it i'm sure i'm assuming that these are the kind of thoughts that again like liberal sure leaning people perhaps thinking about right now i mean i i think that it my brain is such a swirl i only hope i can be somewhat coherent in in (laughs) issuing any opinions today so i apologize in advance but i mean i almost feel like um i want i I think that this is a, a time in which people are have to seek out more radical um, answers, yeah. you know, more radical solutions. And again, like, you know, something like expanding the court, you know, it seems radical because it's not something that has been done or talked about really, but then it was something that was talked about in history. So like there, you know, I, like certain things that again like seem like they could never be yeah have come to pass yeah and covid was the great example of that it made all of these things that we we, you know we i would say before the pandemic so many of us were on our you know head down on our paths um just 
going about our business, um, so many of us thinking that it will always be the way it is, yeah. or so many things will always be the way it is. It's so hard to change us. Ah, and, and, and people are very stuck in their ways, and that's just, I think, how the human brain works. Yeah. Creatures of habit, we just don't really like change. We don't like to... Um, transitions are tough, you know, and, and so I think I was just talking with friends, you know, friends who I hadn't seen or um, in, in a long time. And so it was nice to have the occasion to say like, Hey, remember when, Yeah. and to think like in the first couple of weeks of the pandemic where everyone was just saying, Oh, you know, it's going to be a couple of weeks. Things will be closed for a couple of weeks. We're just doing this for a couple of weeks. And the, f- and the fact that people who are working in medicine were like, this is going to be, this is a, this is a thing that we know to be probably two, three years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In, I, my brother-in-law's a doctor and yeah. I remember I got an email from him Yeah, quite early Yeah, and he's like, just get your head around the fact this is, this is this not is going years. away. Yeah. It's going to be years. And thing. when you heard that, yeah. I mean, did you, did you, I think, I mean, I, I get a little bit of uh, tingles thinking about it because hearing that said out loud, it like my whole body reacted to that, you know, well, I think transgressive in a way it was yeah. like that can't happen right I, I think that was one of the things i found so interesting about the pandemic i think i think enough times passed that we can have another podcast pandemic because <laughs> at the time it was like hey how are you feeling about covid like every single one i ever did but um at this distance though, i think we're, i think we're all right um but one of the things i found really interesting about it you used the phrase arc of history earlier mm. you know facts of the matter is two world wars notwithstanding and the spanish flu notwithstanding mm-hmm. i think generally been the most stable period in human history yes the last hundred years prosperous yeah especially the post-war years i mean the boomers hit the jackpot didn't they really you know post-war good economy Mm -hmm. housing affordable healthcare, social security nets rate of you know uh rate of death falling all those factors you know people living so much longer yeah and then now is like there's an inflection point yeah and and i think it's very it was very noticeable how much people assumed uh, me included i mean i'm not claiming any great insight here but you just thought that was the status quo didn't you and And that would continue and and then it took something like the pandemic or like what Mm -hmm. we're experiencing now to Mm -hmm. to remind you that actually you know it's not the norm really Mm -hmm. you know we've actually been incredibly fortunate yeah do you think it changed the way that people because at the time another thing was was like maybe this will be this big sea change mm, and, you know mm-hmm. you talked about it was hopeful per- personally like how you were like well we, everyone had their heads down and we're on yeah. a path and then this kind of upended it a little bit mm-hmm. um and there was a lot of hope wasn't there that it might lead to sort of us try to tackle the bigger issues in the way right. that we tackled the early years of yeah. covid yeah doesn't really feel like that was followed through though does it it doesn't um i think that we there was that sense of banding together and and doing the right thing for the greater good which was a nice feeling it was a great feeling yeah i I think that was one of the one of the you know you think back to may 2020 april may 2020 Mm. there really was a feeling of like Mm -hmm. you know this is a problem we've all got to collectively solve and Mm -hmm. as grim as it was it was there was there was something the solidarity was the community good yeah the humans as a community was actually tangible wasn't it mm-hmm. you know which again is quite rare really in the mm-hmm. non-digital sense these days mm-hmm. yeah i don't feel that way now <laughs> yeah i feel that's sad i feel sad about that yeah 
wow, let's talk about swimming. <laughs> <laughs> but what keeps me going? No, I mean, but it is true. Like I, segue. <laughs> I mean, I have talked to, I've, I've been talking to Lawrence about this a lot. Our buddy. Yeah. Um, Lawrence Larry. Stafford. Yeah. Larry. I told, I told him that um, I don't think of him as a Larry. I said, Lawrence is the. Yeah. And, and he said, oh, well, I'm, I'm aging into it. He said. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's aging into it gracefully. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that we talked about how, um, you know, and, and it's, and it, we're, we're all like mind and souls, like talking about water, right? That, that it is a, a, a thing that we return to, to give us equilibrium in, in so many ways. And, and it was, a, we, I had just, as you know, I had just come from Ireland. And, yeah. Rosnala. Yeah. Rosnala. Just a special what place. place. Amazing place. Yeah. Um, and spent, you know, five days surfing and then came to London and things were busy. And so I hadn't had a chance to go swimming or anything like that. And I was grouchy. I was grouchy. And then uh, found a, a lovely, you know, town pool nearby and got in and just was was a better person, better yeah. my better self, felt more myself. Somebody re- described it to me recently as um, removing the plaque from the brain. <laughs> That's great. Which was a good image, I thought. Yeah. And uh, I really recognized it in, because I really like swimming laps, mm. you know, mm-hmm. lengths as we call it over here. Um, and I do find it like it does have that mental. It's meditation. It's, like it's, it has the, yeah you know scouring effect Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. um and that is a really that's definitely a tangible thing for me yeah like so it sounds like it obviously is for you as well for sure do you think that came from the fact that you've done it your whole life so it's become almost a a routine by the sounds of it that you need to stick to if you're gonna like a ritualistic kind of thing do you know what i mean yeah um i think it's become that i don't know that i thought about it like that at other at earlier points in my life I think that it was something that I loved doing and and that when I was younger and competed on a team that that was what I did and I didn't think about I don't think it did I don't think I relied on it to do the thing that I do now right um because when I was a kid it was all about like I love my teammates I love racing I love competing I loved you know it was it was just and it was also my people right my friends who are all on the team and and then once I went to college and tried other sports, and but they were all watery sports, you know, like rowing yeah. crew or trying water polo, and and then going back to swimming, um, but not competitive, you know, just just to just to swim for exercise, and and then learning to swim on my own clock, like not on someone else's. That was that was hard. I think anyone who has competed in any sport and and then tries to continue on with that sport in some way runs into that like right. conditioning i have to almost like reclaim it for yourself yeah it was hard that's actually. how i felt after i did an english lit degree took me really a, took me a long time <laughs> to read a book again oh, no. without oh. without you know try to impose some subtext some critical like you know your I mean? analysis like, it's, you know the, the, i think the analogy stands i think you end up looking at these things in a particular way yeah. at a particular time in your life don't you yeah and, and then you have to well, it's part of growing older as well isn't it but then you have to sort of work out what it means to you as mm-hmm. you evolve don't you yeah essentially yeah I definitely and and I think in writing the book I also interrogated my own relationship with swimming in a way that I had never done 
Like I never thought about why am I doing it now? What am I thinking about when I'm doing it? What does it mean to be in a pool versus open water? What is, what is my state of mind? What am I getting out of it? How do I feel? Like those are things I did not think about. And so um, I, I understood the skepticism, you know, for some swimmers, if they were going to be like, oh, what's this book about? Why we swim? I know why I swim. You know, I don't need to think about it like that. And, and so I kind of, uh, I actually love it when people <laughs> say to me, you know, I didn't know if I was going to read that book because uh, I was like, well, I already swim. I don't need to know. And then the, and when they say like, you know, but it was good. I was surprised. I like those stories. And I, and I'm like, oh, okay, those are the, those are the, the, the notes or the, the letters that I like the best because it was like, I, 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 I was able to show them something new. And that's always, I think, for a writer is like a real, like a, it feels like you accomplish something. I mean, one of the things I'm really interested in with the book, which I really enjoyed, by the way. Um, I wondered how you started. It sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, <laughs> like a very on the nose question, but it is called Why We Swim. Uh-huh. So it's like, so did you have, did that come later, the title? Or did, it did. Because it, it's such a broad, such a huge topic. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, as you've described, you very much look at it through personal lens but also you're looking at from a zoomed out lens like the people's relationship to the activity and what it means to different societies and then you've got all these great stories to illustrate the points and you go into the physiology and you know it's so comprehensive but equally I, I wondered it did it come because you you were asked to write it and you had to sort of almost write your way into the topic if you know what I mean or did you have a really quite clear synopsis before you started that's a great question. I mean, I um, I didn't have that question at first. I assumed you probably didn't from reading it. I assumed that it, it must have been, sorry to briefly put in, like, uh, you can really tell how much you enjoyed writing that book. Yeah. I, I think. And, and, I, and oh, what, what I kind of, one of the things I really enjoyed about it was almost watching you as it progressed you could mm-hmm. see you marshalling you could see you pulling it together and, mm-hmm. and that part of it as a writer and I'm a journalist and a writer as well I must I was a bit envious to be honest like, because <laughs> because it, you know that's what you want isn't it you yeah. want a topic that you can you can have yeah you can explore it and you can mm-hmm. go into that detail but also mm-hmm. you, there's a point to why you're doing it mm-hmm. you know and you definitely found that you know it's not just like a linear mm. human started you know you know what I mean right, it's right, like right, it has right, that right. depth it has that sort of personal exploration that you were obviously going through at the time i um first of all thank you that i really appreciate that you saw that <laughs> that that uh that work and questioning in in the book because um it was it was like that it was i mean i started out just thinking about i mean someone had asked me um you know what have you thought about doing a book about something this was just a, an editor a friend of mine who i worked with for right. many years and and i thought oh you know i I, I hadn't really thought about it because I hadn't thought about what the next book would be or if, even if I would write a next book. Um, the previous book I'd written was about American Chinatowns. And um, I think he just had noticed that I had written, I was a swimmer and written quite a few pieces over the years about swimming or about exploring watery places. And the funny thing is like I hadn't actually realized that I'd done that or that it was a running theme and so then when he um pointed it out I I kind of I realized that uh this was something that was like sort of hidden to me that that that's so interesting yeah so it was part of it then like this this you you know unearthing it for yourself 
Yeah, that I just I love swimming and I and I'm curious about our human relationship with the water and so there would be points over the years when I would poke at some aspect or find a story that I thought was interesting and 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 unpack it. And so um then looking at those stories together and also realizing that people really responded to those stories. There were inevitably many letters I would get from readers would be from those kinds of stories where it was maybe it was about a place or about a character in a place or a personal piece. Um, and so I started to think about, okay, well, maybe there is a book, but just what that would look like, what shape that would take, no idea. You know, just that. And, you know, swimming is not a book. It's a topic. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a, it's, it must know, have been daunting, though. It was. It must have been. It was. Like, you know, fucking hell, where do I, where do <laughs> where I start? Do I start? Yeah. You know, like, how yeah. do I... That's why I quite like the image of like writing your way out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you, such a vast topic. Yeah. Did you have an idea of what you hoped to achieve before you started? I had the sense that I wanted it to be very um, like wide ranging. Yeah. You know, like not just a, a book about training or not just a book about athletes or not just a book about... Um, a race or, um, uh, you know, just, I wanted it to be, have a scientific, um, slice to it. Yeah. I wanted it to be cultural. I wanted it to be like global. I wanted to investigate the role of swimming and water in a lot of different cultures and peoples and, and geographically like investigating like why, um, uh, how it, manifest in different places or like yeah. how did it come up or like what role did it have in different which is one societies. of the most interesting things about it like the way that you've found these pockets mm-hmm. to whom it means very very different things yeah and yeah. to sort of explore you know these individual collective relationships mm-hmm. to the to the activity and i think how it sort of um then coalesced into something that a, a structure that made sense to me was that I had, I had come to a point where I had, I had gathered a bunch of interesting stories, interesting material. I'd written some, you know, personal bits, and then I just was like, I don't know what is this something. And so yeah. I showed it to a couple of friends, uh, editor friends, writer friends, just people who I trusted, and and this really smart editor friend of mine was just like, well, you know, you've got some really good stuff here. Um, why don't you just call it something as simple as why we swim? Right. Okay. <laughs> just like and good, good editors are great. <laughs> they just say one thing and yeah. it all falls into place, and like, you dream oh, yeah. of that. That's a good idea, isn't it? You, you dream know, you, of that. Yeah. Somebody to just come along and be like, and help you see the wood for the trees, really, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so, um, I credit Andrea Walker <laughs> for 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 making that all fall into place for me. And then it all. And then it really was that all of the stories kind of shook out into these five different ways of answering that question. Yeah, right. Interesting. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was like I thought kind of the the last, like a, it was like a jigsaw really, isn't it? Like yes. piecing it together. And yeah. So what do you think you learned about your own relationship with swimming from doing, from writing the book and going through that experience? Um, I think that it changed, you know, it, and it was like this moving target over time that um, why I was doing it uh, and you know, it sounds simplistic to say it this way, but of course we're, you know, I learned to swim because my parents didn't want me to drown like everyone does. Yeah. And, um, and then it became something that was, um, you know, fun 
it was like play it was and and one of the things I love about the water is that every you know it's a place of play you know for whatever age uh, like ability um character like and, and and people show their personalities in the water just and it's like a free canvas to kind of you know play around and dive in jump do your cannonballs your yeah. you know can openers your how are you going to get in the water yeah. like it's like you're you show your style and and also when you're in the water what are you doing you know i love i love that um and so i think that once you can swim it is this diff- this way to be that is very different from you know us sitting here walking around on land um and i think also because your senses are muffled yeah the ones that you were accustomed to relying on yeah well it's discombobulating yeah especially i was actually talking about this to a friend the other day but just a simple thing like i so as i mentioned i'm doing the same thing larry's doing next week this the swoosh the Mm -hmm. swoosh so i've been doing a lot of swimming and yeah just the the very fact like where i swim in south coast it's like pretty murky you know it's like just that the fact you can't see yeah and the fact that you like you say can't rely on the things that you usually use to orientate yourself and that you have to be comfortable with that well you have to make yourself comfortable to a degree don't you You have to kind of accept that you you suddenly Mm -hmm. not in it in as much control as you as you want to be and there's a and this is what we and my friend were talking about there's a vulnerability in that isn't there essentially Mm -hmm. which you need to kind of accept and yeah and try and make peace with if Mm -hmm. you do it which is just a simple thing, but that's one of the things I really, really like about it. The mm-hmm. fact it just forces you to, you know, on a very literal level, like interact with the with the, the environment you're in very yeah. differently. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that um, acceptance or like that playing with your vulnerability and, and acknowledging that as a daily practice. I mean, I don't think it's, too lofty to say that that's something that we are doing every time we get into the water you know especially open water right yeah i think so yeah yeah so did you have any influences when you were writing it in terms of like you know non-fiction approaches shall Mm -hmm. we say Mm -hmm. um yeah so many i mean i well one of the one of the books that i looked at when i started or was trying to figure out like what kind of a what's the narr- like what kind of narrative approach to take was i always go back to um wanting to write a born to run for swimmers <laughs> you know right. with, by chris mcdougall yeah and because he kind of he he made a drama he made a great narrative about running yeah you know about the tarmore indians about this race about like these crazy characters and also his own relationship with running I just remember him talking about how he just felt so terrible, you know, running in the beginning and then just having that change over the course of um, learning about the ways that different people ran. And then I think he has like mixed feelings about, I mean, he's become a friend and and he's talked about like, I don't, you know, with the craze with like barefoot running or I I think that it it is a child, it is a... um, uh, 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 something that he's unleashed on the world yeah, with mixed say, results. <laughs> I was going to say it's, it's one of those, isn't it? Where he probably look, he's probably a bit of pride and horror. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can yeah, you don't there's know an what that's off the back of it, isn't it? Basically, yeah. You know, there's a whole there's a whole little subculture. Yeah, yeah. 
can look a little bit scientifically dubious yeah. at, at points, let's say. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's also something that I learned from that, right? So I, so in terms of my, well, just like what, being careful about the things that I said or reported on, not claiming that they're going to, you know, I, I mean, not, I'm not saying that he did that, but, um, no, I understand. but understanding that what you say can be misinterpreted. Yeah. So trying to be as clear as possible about, um, you know, the, the science that um, is, you know, was that I talked to all of these researchers or doctors and, and, and you know, ask them questions. And, and, you know, researchers and scientists and doctors are typically pretty um, circumspect about, like, they'll say, like, this, you know, the, the evidence shows this, or, or in my experience, I've seen this, or it's not, totally conclusive but there are you know and 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 i and i respect that because i i i i wanted um you know any of the things that i um found found out that were that were new or happening um that were new to me even like just just that like that that those were things that without the proper context can be taken to mean something else that you wouldn't um well especially when you've got something that people are so invested in yeah and people are invested in swimming yeah people they are. are passionate about it yeah um it's, it's why i was so keen to talk to you for this because i don't i don't really have many swimmers on it um much as i've tried over the years because i'm a bit of a geek on it um, <laughs> and you know it's kind of why like i am pretty into it yeah you know it becomes important to you yeah. doesn't it essentially yeah um so yeah i mean when you took that on and like you say when the the title of the book you know, like you were saying, when people were like, "Oh yeah, I didn't really want to read it," but yeah. then I read it. You know, cause, cause a bit of that going on, isn't there? Where they're, yeah. they're almost don't want to, don't want it to like impinge upon their own idea of what it is. Exactly to them. You yeah, know? and and I think so. I I I I knew that, and I wanted to reach those people. But on the other end of the you know the range of readers, I also wanted to reach people who never thought of themselves as swimmers didn't yeah. even particularly like swimming right you know but but then that maybe they would read it and say why don't i yeah am i afraid of it or is there um something that has uh kept me from doing that like accessing that part of the world or that like that experience because it is very essential right yeah. like we all have we all and one of the things that i i say in the book is that we all have some relationship with the water whether you you know take it or leave it love it or leave it like it's it's that you you have one of the things that I noticed was that people had very strong feelings. Yeah. I love the water. I have, I, I think about this place. I'll go back to this place every year. Da, da, da. Or I hate it. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Makes yeah, me sick. True. Yeah. I'm nauseous. Always get seasick. I, I never go out on a boat. I yeah. never, you know, and that fascinated me. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you need to be aware of that and acknowledge it and also yeah. serve both ends of that. Yeah. Because ideally you want the people that aren't interested to eat, to be as interested yeah. in your story as yeah. the people that are freaks about it, right? So yeah. On the topic of what you were saying about, it's Chris, right? The wrote Born to Run. Yeah, Chris McDougall. Uh -huh. um, you know, like putting something out in the world and then not really having much control over it. Takes on, that it takes on a life of its own. Yeah, uh -huh. like so it's kind of been a little similar for you with this. I mean, it has, it has certainly struck a chord, hasn't it? You know, people... Um, I mean, I'm guessing that's part of the reason for the trip over here, like to do some promo and, and, you know, like you must be pretty, has it been, has it surprised you like the life of its own it's taken on this? 
I mean, I think every time you put something out in the world as a writer, you have to relinquish that, right? Yeah. Control, right? Um, I, what, I mean, I had hopes for the book, but I had, I would say that I p- tried to put my expectations to be quite low. But then I would say also that the pandemic really threw a wrench into that whole like Zen uh, experiment too, because that was this whole completely like my book came out um, a month after lockdown. Right. Know? It was just like, holy shit, what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was in, in, in the same boat as so many authors, right? We were just like, this is, um, this is something we do not know how to navigate. And again, like in the scheme of things, your book coming out in the midst of a global pandemic, it's small. But it also feels like, you know, years and years of your work that you've it's invested ideal yourself. Timing, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and you just like, what the fuck is happening? I know. Um, but one thing that I could never have dreamed is that, you know, in a time uh, when people, most people couldn't swim because all the pools closed and even places where you had access to the coast. I mean, people were saying like, don't, you know, beaches, beaches. Beaches were not closed in um, Northern California, but they were closed in Southern California. Yeah, I remember that. You couldn't and surf, could you? And there was like, you could only surf or you could only get in like within a certain radius yeah. for a while. And then they were like, well, what about runoff? And you could get like COVID from, run- you know, it was like, it was like this whole, yeah. people would just didn't know. And so um, in that time, talking about, so I mean, what I would couldn't have imagined was that people were then desperate to, well, also like forced to interrogate and think about why they loved the thing that they always took for granted. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it was, it was another, it, it really sharpened what, what you missed, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because for me, like, it became more important, really. Yeah. Surfing and swimming. Oh, for sure. You know, it became, yeah, like, they, they were kind of life-saving mm-hmm. interludes, weren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, from mm-hmm. a mental health perspective. Yeah. I think a lot of people felt that didn't they the yes. outdoors per se became mm-hmm. you know you really understood i think yeah. why it was so important to you didn't you on an individual yeah. level because again you sort of took it for granted to, yeah. to a degree didn't you until it was taken away and i think that was the true for so many things um uh in this time but um particularly uh i think for people who relied on that for things they didn't even know that they relied on it for yeah yeah Um, as we said um so that was i think that made the experience then of the last two years i mean two plus years um the sort of reader um response and that and the and the interplay with like you know with getting wonderful letters and conversation you know having conversations virtual and in you know in real life um and more so now just like having this wonderful opportunity to swim with people yeah. who'd read the book said that they had a relationship you know that that they'd had a relationship with it and then um then told you know it could tell me like in the last you know in the last couple of weeks it's been magical to be here because you know just to talk to people who um you know in in person and uh, about their experiences uh, with the water and and also what what their response to the book was um that's been really special yeah i bet it yeah. must be so gratifying you know yeah, it to, feels really good yeah so um what about stylistically in terms of in terms of kind of aspirations because because oh, yeah. there's a lot of not very readable nonfiction, and uh, <laughs> and yours is very readable and stylistically Thanks. it's 
it's not an easy thing to do i don't think to um to take so many ways into a topic mm, mm-hmm. and make it a compelling narrative mm-hmm. um and looking reading it again I, th- I wondered who you might have been influenced by from that point of view because there's a few standouts at the minute i think from a non-fiction point of view yeah and um yeah i just just interested really. sure yeah i mean i um I mean, I, I, I love essays, you know, and I love the essay form. And I think that um, when the essay um, reflects both like a, an intellectual rigor, but also an intimacy of that's like the, the, the author's voice. I love that. Um, and, um, you know, I've always loved like Susan Orlean's writing and how she but she's, you know, she has such a a gimlet eye like her her eye for observation and um she also has these ideas her stories always surprise me i i had the great fortune of 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 meeting her once and talking and and was able to tell her i said you know like i always look forward to your stories because i i know that i'll be surprised by something that you you unearthed like in the process um and i just think that her eye for detail like character is really great you know i just love like that collection of her, um, her journalism, um, the bullfighter checks her makeup, just like how she, you know, she's the one who wrote that, um, the, that story that was the basis of blue crush, yeah. right. The magazine story. And I, and, and I think the opening was like, um, was it the Maui surfer girls love to braid each other's hair? You know, like, it's just like the, that just says so much. Yeah. It's a, there's a, there's a lot that is freighted with with you know meanings and context yeah like one one simple line yeah very economical writing isn't it i love that and i love um when when you read a line like that that you then stop because you savor it because you know that there's so much in that line you know you're in safe hands as well which is why it's so great reading people that are very very good at what they do yeah i love um another one of the i feel like the best lines opening lines is um uh susan casey's the devil's teeth and she writes about the farallon islands um and the great white shark researchers there she spends a season with them and um that line i think is uh the killing took place at dawn and as usual it was a decapitation i think it was something right. like that yeah yeah where you know it's just like you're like what is happening is this a murder or just it's great it's and i just love and i know you know there is an element of like thriller sensationalism but i do love i lo- i'm a sucker for a great opening line it's just well, you like gotta, you, you know it's real estate isn't it you gotta get people in yeah you, you know? have to you yeah. have to and you have to make it inviting and you have to make it I mean, hopefully it's not like so transparent that it's, that feels gimmicky. <laughs> yeah, but that's the art, isn't it? And that's, I think that's what I mean when I say, I, I really save a good narrative nonfiction yeah. when, it's, when it's done well. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm, do you know Patrick Radden Keefe? Yes, I think his work is fantastic. He's, he's, he's you know, he's, he's the best really, isn't he, at the minute? Mm-hmm. So good. But somebody like, like I'll read anything he's written, you know, because of just, you know stylistically just yeah. incredible yeah and very just very pleasurable to actually read the mm-hmm. way he puts words on paper at the end of the day mm-hmm. no matter what he's talking about mm-hmm. you know i really like kind of relish that with certain 
um and like i say with yours it's it it, it really you did manage to make it like a, a compelling eat like something that you know you talked about the spectrum of people and like mm-hmm. where, where they sit on their relationship to it you know there was I, th- I thought you accomplished it really well so again i was i was Thanks. yeah i was intrigued as to, <laughs> as to what was going on behind the scenes there a little bit yeah i mean i played with a lot of different um you know different i mean i, I think that that uh i played with a lot of different approaches but the th- the things that i loved it was it you're right it was a really fun book to write once i figured out the structure and then i just went yeah. you know and and who was going to be in it like but i think that the you know when a really good sentence manifests itself and sometimes i would i would be lying in bed and and a certain sentence would come to my head and i would sit up and then i would you know make a note <laughs> in my phone and then i could go to sleep well, it sounds like you know it's flow isn't it mm-hmm. you know when you sounds like you got in the got in the state yeah when you were doing I, it yeah. you know which yeah. is definitely a thing i think when you're creating or or writing or you know i mean i will say that that book um it was i think the topic also lent itself to that you know I, and i love the sensory experience of swimming and so i would swim or surf and and be in the element often enough so that i think that i wanted at some point someone said you know like the book about swimming has to have some swimming in it and then i thought oh yeah it does and how do i do that how do i make it feel like it is like something essential is like the water yeah and so i would spend a lot of time thinking about the book when i was swimming um and i will give you a counterpoint right now which is that i'm writing a new book about muscle and the body and movement and Another, another small topic it's not a small topic and it feels like a fucking heavy lift right now. Yeah, right. You're, it's you're, a battle. You're writing your way out of it I am, stage. Yeah. I am pushing. I am like struggling. And it's like, you know, and there are moments where it does feel like I've broken through. I mean, But it is like then then there are the new metaphors that come in. And I love that because I love that way the wordplay actually yeah. does reinforce the process of writing or the process of research yeah where it feels like a struggle i mean there are th- times that i mean this one definitely feels tougher but i also um remind myself that at this stage um what like akin to at the stage of when i was thinking about why we swim i hadn't yet decided i was going to write the book so i realize now that i'm just in earlier like i i know i'm writing the book but i'm in an earlier process you can recognize like what part of the stage you're at. Yeah. yeah and so um the doubts that I have are totally normal. Yeah. It's just that now I have a contract to write a book that I have to write. So it's it feels different. Yeah, well, that's just experience, isn't yeah. it? That's quite nice that you've got that kind of frame, you know, that past yeah. experience yeah. and you can look at it and go, okay, I know, I know what's going on. Like, here. even though I'm saying, do I really want to write this book? I don't actually think that. It's yeah. just that this is the natural stage of, you know, self-doubt. Yeah. I'm just going to turn my phone off because I've got the, the old... You know, you can hear the signal. Oh, you can hear it. Yeah. Oh, should I turn mine off? Uh, let's just see if it's mine. I think okay. it's mine. Sorry, Fina. It's my editor. <laughs> it's mine. Oh, that's funny. You can, is it like a whine? You know, when you like, um, the, you can hear it sometimes yeah. when you like, you pick up through headphones and stuff. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It was it just, just then I was like, ah, oh, I can definitely hear something. <laughs> um, so, 
with is it enjoyable that process that you're talking about though like probably again quite a stupid question or an on-the-nose question but because it you know i use the word daunting mm, mm-hmm. something like that is such a you know i've kind of earlier questioned about the vastness of the topic yeah. and try to find your place in it yeah it can be intimidating that you know and, and you've described it like once you cracked it then it became you know i said yeah. you could see how much you enjoyed it once yeah. you get through but this part yeah where you try to work it out to it get sucks a, get a, <laughs> yeah like because it i mean anyone that's written anything can recognize that yeah you know like the, that feeling of like how on earth am i going to turn mm-hmm. this into something you know palatable yeah really and so, sometimes if i'm writing a story i can i can feel a little little shaft of panic oh yeah <laughs> you know like i don't think that goes away yeah like fuck. okay well i don't know that many people i know maybe two people who don't who claim to not experience that right and i don't know if i believe them yeah i think it's just part of trying to make things isn't it yeah really yes i think that's right i think um i think that you always fear that the path you're on isn't the right one or the thing that you have started to put a lot of work into isn't actually the right choice um but i i always come back to um if you can't stop thinking about it yeah then it's a good sign yeah yeah that that's something that you're worrying in your mind for a reason and there's something there there's a there there because you can't stop thinking about it yeah and so i think that's that is something that i do trust yeah if i feel that way yeah it's intuition almost isn't it like creative intuition yeah did you have to leave anything out that you didn't want to because one of the great parts of the book is all these amazing stories that you've unearthed you know everyone always talks about the icelandic guy that right you know like that's that's obviously such a showstopper that isn't it and um and all the way through you've got these brilliant like Mm -hmm. experiences and stuff but i'm I'm imagining there were a few you might have had to yeah leave out i i I was asked this last night and i and i always remember all of the coaches (laughs) they're they're always great coaching stories you know and and of course they um they mean a lot because a, a coach is a person who has has a influence that changes a lot like a a lot of people's lives right if you're a really good coach and you've, you've been doing it for a long time and um and i think that they tend to be like pretty special people to devote their time to um helping others be better um not just and also if you're a coach of young people that it's not just it's not about winning all the races it's about um teaching someone to do something that they didn't know that they could do and and that's a pretty special quality to observe in unfolding in in someone in real time right so i think that if you're someone who has the patience to coax that out of someone else i um i see that you know i recognize that and i and i know that there's something special in these people so i of course so many i was introduced to so many incredible coaches with amazing stories of like how they came to be doing the thing that they were doing and you know having these swimmers or or their own experiences of um swimming that were really exceptional but 
turns out you can't have like 20 coaches (laughs) (laughs) in like one section about competition. And so at one point my editor was like, you know, I think maybe you have too many coaches. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little mixed up. Lo- lose the coaches. Yeah, lose yeah. pick one. Four of the coaches. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. I just was like, "Oh, no." And but then of course, as soon as she said that, I looked over the chapter and I just was like, "Oh, she's right." Sounds like you got a great editor, got to say. Great editor. Oh, I love my editor. I love my editor and she's working with me on this new book. And, yeah. Um, but she's, you know, she asks she asks the smart questions. Um, and that's what you want. Yeah. 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 Uh, but so like there were the, you know, to answer your question, I mean, there were people who, you know, were, were early, um, champions at, so I live in Berkeley, California and at UC Berkeley, there were these incredible, um, you know, these female Olympians who could compete in the Olympics, but then the, when they went to college, there was no swim team for them to swim on. Right. So that to me broke my head like that they were like 14 15 swim in the olympics get to college no path to swim right phenomenal world-class swimmers no swim team no swim team for women yeah that seems you know well reflective of the of the era i guess yeah yeah like yeah but so um it was so interesting to learn about and also to have someone tell me about what that was like you know um or uh you know just like little bits and bobs and um but i i will say that i think like the big stories um really did make it into the book the meaningful ones and and there were ones that i was sad to lose but um i knew it was the right i knew it was the right thing to do. yeah <laughs> yeah again when it's pointed out it's for the greater good you know you yeah. know it's a bit yeah. sweet isn't it yeah yeah so what is the the purpose of the trip bit of, bit of a holiday bit of bit of business bit of work yeah it's yeah. just all the things I'm, I'm here with my husband and my kids and we um we're touring around and um, we went to ireland to actually he was playing in a in a he, he his passion is ultimate frisbee right so he was playing on a team in the world Masters Championships in Limerick. No way. <laughs> so, oh, amazing. Yeah, so we went there and he played and he didn't break himself. And, uh, you know, when, when you're playing sport at this advanced age yeah, that this, we're at. This vulnerable age. Increasingly you gotta vulnerable take care, age. Yeah, yeah you got to <laughs> take care of your body. Yeah, most of my conversations these days are around, you know, what various wear and tear injuries. Oh, injury. Oh, my all, God. We're all dealing yeah. with. Yeah. I'm just like Rotate Rotated cough routines. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, the foam roller is my best friend. Yeah. You know, I don't have one right now and I'm just kind of like, maybe I should go get one. Yeah. <laughs> you got a few waves as well. Yes. Sephiroth Nala. Nala. Love that place. Hung out with the wonderful Eski Britain. Yeah, Eski's great. And yeah. um, that was pretty special. Like just to, again, like one thing that I really missed in this the last few years is getting out into the world and meeting yeah. new people having novel experiences like just again like what in what i was saying that we were so it was just lovely to leave you know to leave everything that was familiar as as much activation energy as that took yeah to break free of that um orbit it was like it was just like once we got um someplace new we got to dublin and then we went to rosnala and then my husband was in limerick and it was just like just feeling really energized by new um 
experiences i just love that and i and i miss the conversations like you know like you and i are having right now just having a great conversation with someone new yeah well the kindness of people when you travel is is what i've forgotten yes really yeah um i went to jackson in january for to do some work and Mm -hmm. you know at one point some friends i don't know that well Mm -hmm. you know um just both took the day off and like took us out for a drive yeah. in, the, in the national park and like oh. took us to their favorite lunch place That's and so great. you know just had such pride and yeah in showing us where they lived and mm-hmm. and i was like this is great like mm-hmm. i'd forgotten about this bit you know yeah. there's a go to see the places and yeah and, and you know but the people but just a day like that yeah i was like yeah this is this is why you travel isn't it Basically, and i have to say stuff. i had never been to ireland before and i love ireland i yeah. love well, you're American. It's obligatory. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love all... I mean, the people are just so No, it's great. I'm, I'm obviously being a bit facetious. <laughs> but um, no, it's, I love it. I love it. Especially, you know, to to sort of be able to experience um, like that part of Ireland with Eski as well. Yeah. And to sort of have that perspective and, yeah. you know, but it's I, I absolutely love it. Like I went to Rosnala 17 years ago oh wow yeah not been back since and it was one of those places where i was like i've got to come back here. well clearly i made an like a big impression on you yeah i mean i just really i just you know got good waves that helps yeah yeah um, <laughs> you always remember that yeah and it was dead and but i just re- you know the story of iski's family and mm-hmm. it's romantic isn't it it is really romantic you know like that whole that whole tale mm-hmm. and the fact that they've like kept the history and they've got the bar with everything there yeah you know, it's just it's really compelling isn't it you know yeah and the waves are really good. And the waves are really good. Yeah. So when did you get into surfing then? Because obviously, because you, you know the Surf Simply guys, don't you? Yeah, I do know the Surf Simply yeah. guys. Yeah. I've been meaning to get Rue on this for years. We've not managed it yet. Rue, this is your invitation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, you, you go there quite frequently and uh-huh. it's obviously something that you're as, yeah, as I'm, passionate about maybe. So. I love, I mean, I came to surfing late. You know, I didn't surf start surfing until like my late 20s yeah and I just it was just something that didn't for some I was interested in it I was curious about it but it just never seemed like something that I could do or wanted to do because it was it felt very far away it felt foreign and actually I was talking about this last night just like watching someone on a board dancing on a wave and like the physics of that I didn't quite comprehend yeah you know and now I do actually many thanks to Rue and his team it's simply like just they're such nerds and they just break it all down yeah but they're like, good they're, they're good really the, great the biomechanics aren't they yeah and, and they just have yeah you know because like surfing in so many ways or for so long had been this like and and there's some truth to it like you know you just like you gotta just like you gotta paddle and then you feel it you know, and there's like this like kind of woo woo qual like and actually no, you have to there are mechanics that you need to know to surf. And there's a lot of simple well, things, yeah. hence, hence their name, that that can make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that like in in terms of instruction, surf instruction, it just had seemed that that was um quite it it didn't have the same kind of um uh rigor with learning or teaching that we're still seen as a bit a a bit whack isn't it i think by certain well you know we don't need to go into the whole surf snobbery bullshit but you know what i mean like there's what they do is basically Mm -hmm. try and make it more accessible Mm -hmm. at the end of the day don't they Mm -hmm. they try and help you it's like um 
the guys in Australia as well, like Ombe on, on Surf, is it? Mm, you know mm. those guys? They've got no, no, kind of a so. similar thing going uh-huh. on. You know, they try to demystify it. They yeah. try to make it very accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, they're about like, here's how you can enjoy yourself more in the water and get mm-hmm. more waves. And obviously, you know, monolithic surf culture mm-hmm. does, doesn't really want to encourage you to have yeah. to spend more time in the water and get more waves. Sure. It wants to stop more people doing yeah. that. So that even the fact that they're doing that is in certain areas... Mm. not that cool really mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but which is just laughable really isn't mm-hmm. it because you know it's a lot of people doing it now yeah and uh and it's so fun it's yeah. so much fun you still have that thing where you get a wave and you're like wow i can actually <laughs> <laughs> i always i mean i uh, no matter how long i'll uh, I, I have been surfing i will always feel that way no it's um there's something about um i love that you you have to put in the time yeah to become a proficient surfer there's really no way around it and you have to kind of push through this because there's so many variables and it's really like you spend all of the time absorbing the kind of like gestalt of it you know because every wave is different in every every condition or every spot is different too and so like even if you spend a ton of time dialing in one spot every day there's a different you know something different happening and every wave is different and so unless you're in a wave pool and but even i I understand like from being in a wave pool that also sometimes you know you can change that up too but like that's something that will always be and there's something very beautiful about that i think that you will always be and i think Lawrence was saying this, he said, um, so the weird thing about surfing or even golf, he was saying like, you know, with surfing, you can, you can always kook a takeoff <laughs> no matter what, or you can, you know, like just shank the ball <laughs> somewhere into a pit. And, and, uh, that is always, that's part of it. And it keeps you humble. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. I think that's good. Yeah, completely yeah no i need keeps to, you from you being an to, asshole i mean i need to i need to do more <laughs> surfing I've, I've probably surfed the least i've surfed in about 20 years this year just not been very good um and where i live it's particularly not very good but yeah definitely i'm gonna go to bristol actually next week so that should be fun you should try and go while you're here to the wave i might yeah so how long have you got left uh a little over a week yeah. and what's the plan more swimming more swimming but now that you've put bristol in my mind mm. <laughs> well it's like it's two hours from here yeah well maybe three if you if you go at the wrong time but yeah i mean it's really fun yeah. yeah you'd enjoy it i think you'd enjoy the environment as well it's just a nice place to kind of hang out yeah. and, and check out i think it's i i just love um you know this morning we were talking about how i'd gone to swim in the serpentine and i'd always wanted to do that i had yeah, never done I've it still never done it oh, i know ludicrous it was pretty glorious yeah. today what a day to do it though yeah walked up to you know the the lido and just the light the air and it was just like just really crisp um and people were already swimming and the community around at that club the swimming club is just you know that club is i guess one of the oldest and and it um it what the community is great yeah. like just such a span of humanity i think that's what i love i love a club that has that have you been up that to the, the ponds as well 
I'm going to go next week. Nice. Yeah. So you do, yeah. you, you're ticking it off. This is I want to take it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and are you a member of any sort of groups in back home then? Um, my, uh, I'm a member of the Albany Armada Masters team and I've been for the last several years. But I admit... you're still racing, right? A little bit. Every now and again. Well, I mean, I haven't raced in about a a little while even though my coach is after me actually right. that team of a few members are at um doing the english channel relay right now oh, really yeah right do you fancy that no i don't <laughs> i mean in my mind i think that would be I was, amazing that's kind of the same i just i don't know i, I think I'm it's just that i'm not that commit i'm not that competitive anymore yeah i used to be and I, I'm I, not. I swam the hellespont once mm-hmm. um oh amazing but that's like that's a. It's class. not that far. Like it's and but anyway, I did. Oh, no, it. I know I was going to say it's classic. It's such a classic. Oh, it's an amazing experience. I'd like really recommend it if you. Yeah. If, um, but anyway, I did that and I was feeling you know I was feeling pretty fit. I was feeling pretty yeah. motivated. And there was a guy on that who swam the channel and I said I was like and he's like don't. <laughs> Why? What did he say? He just was like it's just two years of your life. Like oh, you know I he see. was like unless you really committed like mm-hmm. don't do it because mm-hmm. you won't you won't enjoy it because. I was like, okay, that's, I recognize good advice when I'm yeah. hearing it. Yeah. So it well, does seem like that. F- final question then. Yeah. And it is quite a, quite an obvious one, but what, what swim would you like to do? Well, you are asking me a question that I was just thinking about. Yeah. Um, Since we're talking iconic swims. There's so many. Near Alcatraz. You must've done that one. That one was great. That one was really special actually, because also it was, it was at home. And it was, again, like so iconic, but it was also, you know, what happened with that swim was that it made me look at that place completely differently. And I think that's what swimming in a place can do. Like, that's why it was so fun to swim in the Serpentine this morning. It was like, I feel like I'm really here. You know, the ducks. Oh, there were, um, there was a nest I guess the, the nest is always built like on around the buoys and um, there was an egg floating in the water that really? some of the girls had f- found swimming. Yeah. And the, and I just thought, this is so hilarious. Yeah. Like just to be in the middle of Hyde Park, you know, the London around, the ducks, the geese, the swans, the eggs. <laughs> and then the, um, I was telling you about this, the, the like pond um yeah the pond this the, the pond weed weed yeah. that just i was finding everywhere like just the slime yeah, yeah slime and and you and you're like what is that green smudge oh oh that's yep yeah, it's part <laughs> of the serpentine yeah and uh, and i feel like i was like baptized this morning in london i mean you're really making me i'll probably get back to brighton in time for a little evening dip i think yes. i'll have to do it but yeah i mean if you you know you must have a few that you want to tick off well i did i did mentioned last night that brighton was on my list and i know that you you are a real you were real you were really i gave you the hard sell you're really selling it i did give you the and hard i think sell. i might buy it <laughs> yeah well, you, you think you'll go down i might oh, I, let's go and, let's i'm gonna do, find a window let's do the swim okay let's do the peer-to-peer all right yeah it's a lot of fun i mean it's it's easy it's like i think it's like a kilometer maybe it's not but that's but it's an, it's fun. another what tell me what what do you notice when you swim that swim? Well, there's a really fun swim that you that, that, that they did last week actually, but I had COVID, so I couldn't do it. Um, so you do you know Brighton? Basically, you've got two pairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Palace Pier, which is the intact one, mm-hmm. and then there's the West Pier, which is re- a real shame. It, it basically collapsed, caught fire. It was a real classic of 
Victorian architecture. Mm-hmm. It was designed by this quite famous architect called Eugenius Birch, who built a lot of the classic piers around the UK. Mm-hmm. Basically, about 20 years ago, burned down. So it's like a shell mm-hmm. in, the, in the middle of the sea now. But you can do this. The swim that they do for this event is you start at the Palace Pier, you swim out past the Palace Pier, um, which is you know fairly. You're a couple of hundred meters out, and then you sort of turn, follow mm-hmm. the coast, go go around the other pier. Mm-hmm. And I think the perspective of that is 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 I really like that swim mm. because um, you do you know like like we were saying you feel like you're quite far out. It feels yeah. like quite wild. Yeah. You know you can tell you you're definitely in in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Well, the sea for the English Channel. Um, and yeah, you do see the that that coastline in it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you you kind of really you can see the downs behind it, mm. which is the, the the little range of hills that mm-hmm. kind of that kind of hems Brighton into the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can kind of you can kind of almost like mark the different stages of architecture in it because you can yeah. see all this like Regency stuff and then the stuff behind it. That's, yeah. So I I really enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's quite a few on the south coast there's another mm-hmm. classic one called the seven sisters mm, yes i've heard of that yeah Someone has told me about which that. is another really beautiful little spot yeah sounds so romantic yeah that one is actually that one's what well, it's where um it's called berlin gap um which is supposedly where sherlock holmes retired really? so it's very english mm. yeah um yeah that's a beautiful swim as well yeah, so you got you got options. Okay. Yeah, and then you're gonna head home after this, but to but to California. Um. So in a week we go to Amsterdam for a week, and then and then home. Yeah, and no. it's just been. I hope that it doesn't fly by too fast because it's been such a lovely, um, adventure. You know, I love it. Great thing to do with the kids as well. Yeah, the kids have loved. Yeah, to sort of experience. Adventure. And they. F- finally fell in love with surfing oh, i saw that on your instagram oh i never thought it was gonna happen right and it was like, I didn't, like I didn't... come on kids we're going surfing um you know they yeah they just there was a lesson i said do you want to try it and my younger son did not want to do it and right. my older son was like sure and they were promised um treats if they tried it and they i cannot tell you how excited they were they were just giddy and i it made me so happy yeah but they're but you know they've always loved body surfing love body surfing they will spend the entire day in the surf but um they just never express that much interest in like throwing a board into the equation yeah um there you go breakthrough they loved it and you know when you're that age you're so light It's so easy. Yeah, it looks so easy. The strength to weight ratio. It's all oh yeah, exactly. After that, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that was um, a real highlight. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks so much. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was lovely to talk to you. Yeah. All right, let's get this. So there you go. That was me and Bonnie, and I hope you enjoyed it. Um, my thanks in particular to Bonnie for being so patient just before we started recording when I basically had a bit of a meltdown um, because I thought my recorder was going to pack in. Um, and basically, I'd just travelled down on the train from Manchester, packed train, 30-degree heat, and then I travelled across London, um, and the tube station was short, so I had to schlep further than I thought. Basically, I was a bit hot and bothered when I turned up. And then the recorder um, sort of stopped working. And you know when you like have that fight-or-flight sort of instant burst of sweat mode um where there's no no not really anywhere 
Anyway, coming back from that graciously. Last time I had that was when I was trying to check in for the flight to Jackson in January and I thought I'd um, not filled in the one of the forms properly and the woman at the check-in desk started questioning me and again, I just instantly broke out into the sweat much to Owen Tozer's like, hilarity at the time. Anyway, Bonnie handled this really graciously and was a bit like, yeah, don't worry, I've been there being that I'm a journalist. But we got there, um, rode it out and had that great conversation. Um, and if you're not gathered from listening to that, yeah, you can tell I'm quite a fan of Bonnie's work in a book. And like I say, check it out, Why We Swim. Um, I'm just back from a glorious swim this morning, actually. I'm recording this. Again, we're still in heatwave mode, um, mid-30s, which for the for the UK is, uh, you know, the whole country has a meltdown and goes a bit mad, which is good. Um, but, you know, I live off the coast of Brighton and when, when the weather gets like this, the water off the coast, you get this really glorious period where the, the water settles into this very rare translucent clarity, um, which only really happens for a few days a year if we get this weather, which is what we've got now. So it was a really be- beautiful swim down the coast and back for one of the final swims before I do this Bantham swoosh. Silly name, isn't it? Um, which hopefully should be fun and hopefully we should get the same weather for it. So um, yeah, after that, I'm off to Devon for a, for a couple of weeks. I think I mentioned I'm doing one of those corporate gigs where I basically um, give a talk to a company about how to do podcasts. Done a few of them. They seem to go down really, really well. Um, so if you run a company and you listen to this, and you like the sound of that, give me a shout, podcast at we'relookingsideways.com. I'm, I'm, I've been thinking I'll do more. I mean, really, I should have my shit down and record it as like an online course that people can sign up to because I've had a few people, when I've mentioned this, come back and say they'd be up for it. But what can I say? I have not got my shit down to that extent, so I've not done that yet. Um, but yeah, if you like the sound of it, drop me a line. Uh, and then I'm off to Devon. I'm actually going to go and hang out with Toza for a week down in Totnes do a couple of interviews, do some work from down there. Um, and then I'm back up to London for the Stacey Peralta thing, which should be good. Um, and then finally, I've got a holiday booked in August, three weeks around Normandy again, um, which I'm looking forward to. So there you go, meandering housekeeping corner this week. Not a huge amount to talk about, so I'm going to end it there. Thank you, Bonnie. Um, and uh, I will be back soon. Nice one. Nice one.